You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. This movie review also comes for subscribers at Time Lord level or above, an uncut, unedited, longer video version of the review. Become a subscriber and check it out. Do you love sci-fi, horror, and fantasy films? Then grab a badge for Otherworlds Film Festival, the country's premier sci-fi film festival. There will be Q&As, panels, parties, and mixers. Rub elbows with up-and-coming and established filmmakers, as well as like-minded filmgoers. Come celebrate our seventh year, December 3rd through 6th, at the Galaxy Highland in Austin, Texas. Badges are now for sale at otherworldsfilmfest.com. That's otherworldsfilmfest.com. with an embarrassment of riches as old school comic book superhero fans, right? There's so many damn options out there. Like so many options of adaptations of superhero comics and more yet to come that I am indeed excited for. Sure, a few have like not really succeeded and fell by the wayside, but I'll tell you, five years ago, if I was to like, someone was like had a betting board on which one was going to be one of like the top three ever, of the superhero shows adaptations, like what comics they'd be based on. I wouldn't have even put Garth Ennis's the boys on the fucking board. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I like, I like Garth Ennis. I love him on the, on. It was not a good comic. The boys was kind of childish. Before I watched the first season, (laughs) I finally just sat down and read all of the boys because as you said, I love preacher and I think he's the best punisher writer ever. And I thought, you know, okay, fine. I'll finally get to it. Derek Robertson's the artist. I really don't like that book. It is just, and I'm someone, if your mood is just throw everything at the wall and just go so OTT, I'm just like, yes, yeah, yeah. This is like, all right, that's a bit, that's a bit much. When it was still, not every other comic was edgy and grimdark. The boys was entertaining yeah. for a couple trades. I was like, okay, I like this. Let's see where this is going. But it quickly became clear it didn't have a lot more to offer than what it was doing. And it didn't really have much of an underlying metaphor that was terribly interesting. It was just kind of an excuse to be grimdark and edgy. Now you enter Eric Kripke, who is a television stalwart, probably best known for creating the show Supernatural, which is... I would venture to say at this juncture, season 15, a success. Yeah, it's, it's, it's doing okay. It's a, it's a nice little, it's a nice little indie show. Go support it. Yeah, I, I, I would say that like they probably did okay. Some people made their money back, but he has <laughs> taken on this show for Amazon Prime and adaptation. And I was like, great, here we go. Another one of these, like, look how edgy we are. And there's no denying that Amazon Prime's The Boys is extremely edgy. And one of the most violent shows on television but wow, they actually found something to talk about. 
And that really makes all the difference, doesn't it? When, yeah. like, it's not just the mayhem and killing and superheroes murdering each other and doing drugs and having sex, but they're talking about the world that we live in in a sort of profound, even, way at points. And I think that makes all the difference. But before we go any further, I am Chris. Joining me is Jordan. Hey, I got my seven shirt of the seven. I'm not oh. sure if it's the... <laughs> I, I got I got it from some guy in an alley. Uh, I don't think yeah, the face that looks right. like a that looks like a cheap knockoff there, Jordan. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got Davey. Hey, what's up? And Elliot. Hello, hello. Elliot always looks on these like he's just waiting for this to be over so he can have the girl come back into the frame with him. <laughs> She's not here today. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> he's way too punk rock for us, that's all. Exactly. <laughs> So this is the second season of The Boys. The first season, I think, like I said, was kind of a wow. Every Pretty much everyone I knew was like, holy shit, did you watch The Boys? God damn, was that good. And it ended on a <gasps> cliffhanger. Well, the good news is they had gone ahead and greenlit it for a second season before the first season even came out, which meant it was in production as we were watching that first season. So we get, relatively quickly, the second season, which is, what is it, nine episodes? Eight episodes. Sorry? Eight. Eight, eight, nine or ten. Yeah. And I think as satisfying as the first one, adding a lot of new elements to this, uh, the first season ends with with Butcher, the... Why can't I remember the actor's name? Carl Carl Urban. Urban. Carl Urban. With Carl Urban as Butcher, who is discovered, thanks to Homelander, the Superman analog, but psychotic, that he did not, in fact, murder... The butcher's ex-wife, he did in fact rape her, but then she got pregnant and the evil corporation at the center of the series decided that they were going to take her and hide her away with with the child of said union in a very private, unescapable area so she can raise the kid normally with, I guess, crisis actors around? I don't know. And and even Homelander didn't know that this was a thing until the end of the first season. So when he shows up, it's, ah, shit. Everything's going to be shaken up now. The corporation's not happy about it. And then mom's not happy about it. The son doesn't know what the the fuck is going on. And and Butcher, when he finds out, is like, well, what do I do now? All this anger is because I believe this guy murdered my wife. Well, yes, she did, in fact, rape him. But obviously this adds a new thing in the uh, situation. We also found Elizabeth Shue, who was kind of the baddie above the baddie last season, the, 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 the controller, ended up getting straight up murdered after having sex with the Homelander in one of the most graphic sequences uh, of the entire show. Very saying disturbingly. Something. Which is saying something. Not saying something. <laughs> it is indeed saying something. Uh, we... There was a uh, the rest of the boys and him became fugitives because after that they were framed for her murder and on the way of hiding out and Butcher being missing, they're having no idea where he is, being worried about him, except for Huey, who's just pissed off at him and is like, hey, I could be boss. And everyone else is like, (laughs) (laughs) they have Huey reminds me a lot of me. (laughs) I think you could be boss, Davey. You'll have to be defeat me first. Thanks, Billy. Thanks. Get over here. <laughs> but they have their own soup in the group, much to Butcher's disdain. Kamiko, who is mute, who was originally they thought was a terrorist, but apparently we found that Homelander himself had been giving Compound V out to other evil countries in order to give him something to fight against, basically, and keep up the public perception. And 
we discover there's another terrorist in the city that has a connection to her. Uh, and then there's another, this is the big story, of course, is that a new superhero shows up, Stormfront, played by the wonderful Aya Cash, who is the most snarky millennial ever, basically. We're just like, oh my She's God, amazing. you are, you're, you're like, you just don't stop talking shit to everybody and you're just all about creating memes on social media and you're really pissing off Homelander. So at first I'm like, I both like her and don't like her because she would be interminable to be around. But at the same time, she's making Homelander look bad. So, and pissing him off. So that makes me happy. But (laughs) guess what? She's got a big secret and wow, that's a big fucking secret. And there's no way you're going to like her by the end of the show. Uh, and the, if you do, fuck you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the new boss is Giancarlo Esposito, who is, as near as I can tell, his character from Breaking Bad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, almost realize, exactly. That's my head canon. Like, this is actually what happened to him. <laughs> the only difference is he's not surrounded by fried chicken. Other than that, it's pretty much the exact same character the way that he plays him. Although this he's could just... use more fried chicken. Oh, everything could, Jordan. <laughs> everything, right? You know what? I'll be back. No, okay, I can wait. No, we have to do uh, our work. The Deep... <laughs> exactly, sorry. The Deep was kicked out of the seven last season. He is... For sex stuff, he really wants back in, and he gets seduced by this mega cult with government ties. But I don't want to bury the lead here, which is, in his mind, his gills are voiced by Patton Oswalt, which is definitely the Greatest one of the high cameo. Moments. Ever. <laughs> I mean, come on. A-Train as well has, gets kicked out after being re- recovering from being brought down to near death and is working with the church as well, but oh, and he's not as, as all in as the Deep is. Maeve wants Homelander out of the picture because she's been outed sexually by him. Uh, as Annie Starlight has decided, you know what? Fuck these guys. I'm going to work with the boys here, even if that even seems tenuous, even though her relationship with Huey is kind of on, kind of off. One of the big storylines here is the boys looking for the Compound V sample itself so they can break it. And I this felt like a go to the season ender, but it's not even midway through the season before they're like, here it is, world! And the corporation's like, we got this. That's fine. We'll pivot. <laughs> And <laughs> and what leads up to the actual big end of the season here. Uh, we also very pleased that Sean Ashmore returns as a fire character because he played uh, the Iceman yeah. and the X-Men. Yeah. Now he plays Lamplighter. And I was like, that's that's a funny nod. I yeah. presume that's what that was. It has to who be. They discover, yeah, who they discover is oh, not yeah. dead, as everyone figured he was, but is in fact working in this private hospital for the storage yeah. and uh, sampling of soups that just didn't work out, including one with an elastic, super strong penis. <laughs> which i'm pretty sure would be my super ability i'm pretty sure that uh, was the russian character from the comics but i could be reading uh, into that I, I, you know i i don't know i don't remember the comics well enough but i was very pleased with said cameo as it were anyway no i was uh, then all this leads up to a final two episodes where we discover some horrifying secrets uh about uh stormfront we discover that that homelander is all but ready to just start murdering everyone who gets in his way, uh, even slightly. And that there is an assassin who can telekinetically make people's heads explode, who seem to 
fortunately, have it in against the, the evil corporation instead of against the boys. So yeah. not, we don't know till the very end of the final episode who exactly that is. But I think what you got was a pretty action-packed season. I was honestly shocked when I saw some people saying, oh, I thought this had pacing issues. I'm like, when the fuck were you bored? I, I gotta say, season two is fantastic. It is much improved in season one. In a lot of ways, and I'll say this, again, I thought the show already was a vast improvement over the comic, because here, yeah, you can be shocking, there's gross out, there's, you know, disgusting things going on, but at least there's some nuance here, and maybe because the budgets between TV shows and comics are like, you know, draw whatever the hell you want, but here it's like, no, let's, let's actually try something and give this some effort and character. And that's the biggest thing. Characters. I I absolutely fucking love this cast. They are so well perfectly cast. And I must say, as in and out lesbian as I am, I take one look at Carl Urban in this show and I'm like, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You know, I th- I can't remember who said it that that everyone's a little bit bisexual and every time I watch Thor in a Marvel film I go yep <laughs> so, something about I take that big butter. like big dudes from like that area of the world with big beards who can crush you with like half of their hand some something nice about that <laughs> I don't know I just want to be babied. <laughs> Carl Urban will not baby you. <laughs> No, no, Carl would be kind of rough. Yeah, I no, and, yeah. And I must, yeah, I must say that uh, this season what was honestly fantastic. It was strange going from the first season where it was all bingeable to okay, hey, we're gonna give you the first three episodes. Yay! Now you gotta wait a week. Okay, I mean, I get, I got used to that with Doom Patrol. That's. Yeah, Raised with Wolves uh, did the same thing where they'd put out the first three. Oh, I, I hope this that. is a new thing for shows on streaming I... where I'm like, yeah, give you the first three so you've got a real taste of the show yeah. all at once before you have to go weekly. I'm like, that makes more sense to me. And it's I... good, and it's definitely a better way for this season to be structured because it's less like immediate, I feel, than the first season. Like It's got more things that need a little bit more digestion. But also, I wish they would have told people because the day that those first three episodes oh, came out, I stayed up and that. watched all three of them and was like, I'm just going to binge the whole season right now. And then it just stopped. And the amount, the level of blue balls that is of like hitting those first three episodes and being like, I got five more to go. I'm going to watch it all tonight. Oh. Here's the thing. I didn't know about that until the week before the season. And Amazon just did a piss poor job, honestly, of marketing that. That's why yeah. the second season suddenly got review bombs. It's like, Rrr. and okay, uh, again, I gotta put full blame on Amazon. They did not advertise that well enough. Yeah, I'm still like, you got three episodes. You were expecting one, and then you're mm-hmm. mad that you don't have a fourth episode. That's a weird flex. Yeah. That's a weird flex to me. I'm like, you already got a gift, and you're like, but I want more gift. I just want, I just want, I just want the gift to be properly communicated. Let's sub <laughs> Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos. I mean, yeah, but not for this. 
the, I see Jordan as, as a young girl going, Daddy, you need to bring Santa Claus out here. I'm going to beat the shit out of that motherfucker to give me the entire Star Wars figure collection. How dare you only give me six? Okay. This is fucked up. There's C-3PO. I don't see R2. Do you see motherfucking R2-D2 here, Santa Claus? Do you see him? Do to, you see him? To be fair, I did. Uh, I was pretty much did that with the N64, and I didn't get the WWF No Mercy game. Just, okay. See, at all. It all works That's out. Fair. It's all coming together. Yeah. All right. So above and beyond Amazon's business practices, <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think of this season? I mean, I, I I agree. I think this was definitely an improvement over the first season, which was, I mean, I definitely liked, I like this and the first season. I think my biggest complaint is that I feel like a lot of the satire is kind of stuck in the Bush era, um, which I know the comic book was what, written like, 2002 2000 somewhere in there Something like that yeah um yeah. the the what is it vot the mega corporation basically seems like uh the the company from the lego movie you yeah know, they make everything from like textbooks to voting machines to sports energy drinks so i don't know the idea that they were ever in any sort of legal jeopardy kind of seemed hollow false yeah, it's like they've I mean, got... I felt like they're a stand-in for just what the world seems like now to some level. Like, there's eight big corporations that own everything. And and who'd be surprised if the news story broke tomorrow? Yeah, it's actually one corporation. Yeah, if they feel a lot like Amazon, which I, I don't know Ironic. what kind of weird, like, we're one of you game that amazon's playing but like it is weird that the the truly evil corporation is basically just amazon i think amazon and disney i think are really sort of the two they're sending fake emails to jeff bezos going the next episode of the boys comes out in three months oh shit (laughs) i think eric krepke took some notes from the simpsons of like uh yeah we're gonna bite the hand that feeds us yeah (laughs) and uh, yeah the boys was pretty much bush era but I thought this show has updated itself perfectly to everything that is going on right now in the current day. This was a fantastic satire. I thought those elements of looking at society worked so well. There, like, there are two shots of Homelander in this season that pretty much can defy America. One I can't say because that's a spoiler, but one of them that's been in the trailers... He just pushes that kid off the roof. It's just like, oh, hey, our education system. Yeah. I will say, I think, and this isn't necessarily the show's fault. I feel like the first season, the satire was so sharp because a lot of it is, like you were saying, Elliot, like it is going after the Bush era stuff. Like a lot of like very intense fundamental Christianity. Like that was their big, that was one of their big targets last year. And now they are going for more current and it is, and it's messier and it's more interesting and more exciting, but I do think it loses a little bit of kind of the razor's edge that it was dancing on just because there isn't 20 years of people failing before them. And it is, I guess a criticism and also a compliment to the show of like, you guys aren't staying in your wheelhouse. You are trying new things and constantly evolving. And that's really cool. But also I do think there are parts of it where the dividends are, a little lower than with the first season, but the highs, the highs are higher and the lows are a little bit lower in my opinion. I, 
in terms of currentness, there's a line, and I can only paraphrase because I didn't write it down from one of the characters here who says at one point, they love me. They agree with everything I believe in. They just really don't like the word Nazi. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, this is pretty fucking current. And yeah. this show, it, it's just like, hey, reminder, Nazis are the bad guys. So I'm just like, okay, that's a little too deep. And, it sounds like uh, cancel culture to me. I, I will say <laughs> one element of the season that didn't quite work for me was, for legal reasons, Totally not Scientology. Uh, it it seemed interesting. I thought something was going to go with that. For me, it just kind of yeah. petered out to the end. I mean, yeah, it's, it was a, it served up. It was an excuse to do something with two of the characters and just, I mean, literally found a convenient way to yeah, make one I thread mean, it, have it, part it, of it pay off in it. Yeah. But it was like, well, what do we do with those guys? We'll just throw them over here. And I thought it might go somewhere next season. No, apparently no, not. No, they, 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 <laughs> they pretty much closed the door on that. The first I, chance yeah. they get. I have a theory. I have a theory as to how it can potentially come back with season three and that's like my crackpot theory that i'll tell you guys after the recording but i i, I love davy's crackpot theories <laughs> crackpot theories is just everything I, should uh, say. Like I said carl, carl urban is amazing but i think really this season the standout was karen Fukaha- uh damn it i'm gonna fuck up her name uh just to make sure i got it written down in my which notes. which starlight uh no, no. kamiko no, Kami- oh, yeah, Kamiko. Oh, yeah. Kamiko. Yeah, who was also in Suicide Squad, right? Yeah, and Princess Glimmer what? from oh my god, that's and the her? Princesses of Power. Yeah, that's a fucking mind trip for me. Wait a second. Is is that, this is Katana, her sword captures the souls of its victims, yeah. I wouldn't get on her bad side, she's got my back? Yeah. yeah. Oh her my god. But who, again, like, mainly. It's so weird she's played two mute characters live action, but she's a voice actor. Yeah, again, she, again, it's I, I, odd. I, I didn't, again, just finding out that she was the voice of Glimmer on She-Ra, it's like, I, this is a real disconnect right here. But yeah, she doesn't say any words, but her performance this season was fantastic, especially yeah. her relationship with Frenchie, which is one of the few things I liked in the comic. I liked their dynamic a lot, and I thought the show, as good as that was in the comic, has indeed done better here because yeah. they they do it is two tortured souls that have really just found each other, and I'm glad they don't ever go they they don't cheapen by thinking oh we'll add a romance element to that no don't even fucking think about it no it's going to happen no though. shut up. I will. If, no, there's if no Frenchie, way it's not going to happen. If Frenchie has his way, it'll happen, but I... He you know, clearly I, likes her in that way. Yeah. He said as much. I know. I know, but I... Part of me doesn't quite want to... I know it's going to happen. I know deep down it's probably going to happen. So I hope they can do that well enough. But either way, uh, she was my absolute favorite standout. I even like that we got some more character development for mother's milk who i thought yeah kind of was the weak link last season but here he really gets to step up and i would say my weak point is probably just and it's not even bad it's just they don't do much with huey and starlight they're yeah. there 
they have like this little will they won't they be together storyline going on yeah. that is just meandering for the point of giving them something to do because this season's really not about their characters. No, yeah. but you know, last season super was this one. It is not. And uh, so I they, they, like some of the others, are just kind of resigned to their mini subplot in the background where they come back into the main story as needed. I yeah. still very much like Jack Quaid. I think he really does bring this heart to the show. I mean, yeah, he's our insulary character, much like he was in the comics. But uh, Jack Quaid has this charm about him. Uh where he just really brings everything together and often might be the funniest part of the show. Just like even when they go through the well, it's just like, yeah, I feel I'm just going to hang here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you go on. I hope he ends up forming a band with Starlight called the Quaid Stripes. That's my hope. Oh my God. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so we really do have to wrap this up. So let's go to final thoughts. Elliot, you get to go first and for as long as you need to because you've said the least during this review. So you have won the I get to actually reiterate my final thoughts as long as I want. That doesn't go for me or Jordan. Do all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I agree with most everything. I think that this was an improvement over the last season. Um, I think, yeah, I think there were some weak spots maybe. I think the totally not Scientology plotline was probably the weakest. Even though I, I liked, uh, I liked what happened to uh, uh, what is it, the deep? Yeah, deep. <laughs> and um, a train in there was interesting, um, and especially the whole anything with uh, the deep and his gills was really funny. Especially <laughs> Pat uh, the little part where they're harmonizing on the song was <laughs> particularly <laughs> great. Uh, I think this season works best when it's focusing on uh, Carl Urban and Homelander. I think that they are the strongest parts. Um, Character-wise, I mean, the actors are also strong. I don't want to uh, short-shaft um, Stormfront. What's what's the actress's Aya name? Cash. Aya Cash. Yeah, I'd like to see, I'd really like to see her do more. I think that she is particularly strong in this season. And, um, yeah, I... I wouldn't be surprised if we see her next season in some um, altered form in some altered form <laughs> i have some ideas about that yeah i have some ideas too we'll talk <laughs> about that in the post show um but yeah i mean i never i was never bored by the show i think it's rocky in parts but i was i think i said on facebook um it's not the best show i've seen but it's the one i think about most week to week uh i'm gonna give this eight out of ten singing gills Fair. Jordan? Uh, brilliant social satire, great subversion of superhero tropes and comics and characters, and just really great performances all around. I thought they did a great job of expanding fervor and really giving this world just some meat to it. I'm just, I really loved it. I laughed my ass off. Uh, Scientology subplot aside... Yeah, I, I really am excited about a third season, especially with a character we already know they've cast. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this show is just amazing. If you think, oh, we don't need more superheroes, definitely watch this. It is well worth it. I'm going to give season two of The Boys nine out of ten Freshka cans. <laughs> Davey. Yeah, I... I mean, I'm kind of with you all. This show is really, really good, and it's something special to the point where 
the announcement of like spinoffs and other things has me pretty worried, honestly, just because it's this beautiful, weird thing and having that grow can be concerning. I mean, we saw what happened to The Walking Dead and by virtue of having two consistently good seasons, this is already outpacing that that had like what, like half a good season. But <laughs> but still, it, it, it can be worrisome. But I'm not going to think about that right now because there is not a moment of this show that is not enjoyable. Even looking, even though looking at it as a whole, it's not perfect. And there are things that either don't get utilized well enough or kind of feel like setups for the future that don't really come together right now. I want I wanted a lot more Huey just because I really like him and I like Jack Quaid a lot as an actor. If you haven't seen Plus One, it's on Hulu and he's really fucking good in that. The whole cast is just on point. Give Anthony give Anthony Starr an Emmy. He is killing it as Homelander. It's an incredibly good performance. I wanted I wanted more of the boys and less of the soups, but a lot of that is just my personal taste. Right now, as kind of an antidote for the superhero fatigue that thankfully thankfully we haven't really had to deal with this year because no superhero movies are coming out this year. It is, it's refreshing. It's funny. It is really, really smart. And it's the one show from this year that I would stay up every single Thursday night until 2 a.m. or so when it would launch just so that I could watch it as soon as possible. And (laughs) even if it's not the best thing of the year, it, it's the thing that keeps me keeps me coming back to it time and time again. So I'm going to give this eight and a half out of ten ripped off halves of faces. You know, to call this season flawed is like you're just looking for things to complain about. Yeah, yeah it's got some flaws. Yeah. In it. There's some moments I'm like, that probably could have been handled better. But I can't think of anything in here where I was like, oh, that was really bad. I can't think of anything in here that I did that. I'm (laughs) always with the show so far. And for two seasons straight and for a superhero show and for one based on such just mediocre source material, that's pretty fucking remarkable. Yeah. I think this is exceptional. It's certainly one of the most entertaining things on television. Yes, it's way too violent for a lot of people, certainly way too violent for kids. This is more violent than most horror films. It is super, super dark. But, but show it to your kids if you're like, are... cool. <laughs> <laughs> but if all... your kids like scanners. Right. Yeah. All those, your kids shouldn't watch scanners. What are you doing? You show that start them with the brood and then shivers, maybe rabid. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, never video drum. No, but <laughs> No, they earn those things. It's not just there to be there. Those things, they never do it without it serving a purpose. And man, this thing delivers the satisfaction you're waiting for in some episodes, especially in the final episode concerning the girls of the show (laughs) and Stormfront. (laughs) It just brings a big smile on my face thinking about that particular scene. I'm going to give this nine out of ten stretchy penises. All right, so before we wrap this up completely, I just want to say to people just listening to the audio who aren't subscribers, we're going to talk a little bit longer in the video version just for subscribers about spoilers and what we predict is going to happen. So, bye audio subscribers. 